Gravel Road Markets LLC is so excited to be bringing the Little House on the Prairie 50th Anniversary Cast Reunion Fan Events across the United States in 2024. For the complete list of Little House Anniversary events, as well as ticket information, log on to GravelRoadMarket.com. That's GravelRoadMarket.com. And we hope to see you somewhere along the gravel road soon. Remember those good old days when televisions had antennas and families watched prime time TV together? You know, back in the days of Little House on the Prairie, the Waltons, and the Dukes of Hazard. Well, Gravel Road Markets has given America the chance to experience the best of yesteryear at their events around the country with original cast members of television's most iconic shows. Hi there, y'all. I'm Kelly Hurd, your host, and I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of Along the Gravel Road. Let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Kelly Hurd, your host with Along the Gravel Road, and today we get a chance to catch up via telephone interview with Almanzo Wilder, also known as Dean Butler. He has a new book coming out, and he's going to tell us all about it. Let's hop into the conversation. Kelly. Hey, Dean. How are you today? Good. Good. You? I'm good. You ready for our interview? Sure. July 2024 is when your book, Prairie Man, My Little House Life and Beyond, is coming out. It's, uh, Kensington is who's publishing it for you. Is that right? It's Kensington, yes, Kensington Publishing Incorporated. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to the back side of the book. Um, have you ever written a book of any kind before? No, I have never written a book of any kind, and I ever, frankly, did not imagine that I would. Um, you know, I think I really thought a long time or asked myself a question what thing you need to say about you know the little house experience personal life experience do i have anything you need to say about that was my question and and i came to the conclusion after having conversations with people that i know and trust and who have written um I came to the conclusion that yes, of course I have something to say. I I just need to be willing to take the time it and think about it mm-hmm. and allow myself to say it. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I think the thing that I came to what I what I came to the conclusion or how let's see, I want to say how do I want to say this? I want to say that when I decided the decision to write the book came about as a result of really realizing that while there are uh, there have been other books written about people's house experiences no one else who's written a little a book about the experience is me and flavored by the fact that i was i, I am the only man other than our producer Kent McRae to write a book specifically about the Little House experience um, and that I came into the show as sort of a, a young man in between I wasn't 
I wasn't connected with the adult cat in terms of life and experience. I was relatively young to them, but I was much older than the younger cast. Right. And so I was I was a bit of a, a person in the middle, and I certainly was, uh, you know, really I was warmly embraced by everybody. It was it wasn't like I wasn't treated well. I was treated very well and accepted as everybody who came in for the show was. When people joined the cast of Little House, it was it, there. There was an opening of arms and people were taken in and accepted. So that was always a very good thing. But in terms of life and experience and so on, I just never, you know, I didn't feel like I was a part of either group. So that gave me a unique experience. And then after the show was over in the years that followed as I transitioned from acting into producing, and started to learn some of the skills of storytelling, I realized that I had, a, a, I had the ability to tell stories about Little House that other cast members perhaps did because I was, I was working in this environment of, of, of uh, historical storytelling, biographical storytelling, um, and I had been very strongly influenced in the early 1990s by the Ken Burns documentary, The Civil War. Mm -hmm. When I saw that, when it first premiered on PBS, I was completely swept away by this, this manner of storytelling. And it allowed me to, it gave me, um, it gave me an inspiration to look at storytelling in a completely different way. And, pictures and music and, and, you know, evocative narration and all of that were tools that were suddenly available to me because Ken Burns had gone down this path with the Civil War and, and opened my eyes to something that was that I had not really considered before. So that enabled me to consider doing, pro- and years later, years after that, gave me the, the belief that I could do projects uh, two documentaries that I did. One first, Almanzo Wilder, Life Before Laura, was the name of that documentary, that, and that was all about Almanzo's young life in Upper State New York, and it really mirrors Farmer Boy. Mm-hmm. And then we produced Little House on the Prairie: The Legacy of Laura Ingalls Wilder with Friendly Family Productions, which is really a survey of Laura's life a writing career so it takes us through it's very circular it takes us we start with laura's youth and we come back to her as an older woman as she sits down to reflect on her life and write these books Um, and we connect laura and rose together in their collaboration we don't hit it too heavily but we we make suggestion that they work together on their books and or on her books and this was a very powerful revelation for me i had not really ever considered that before but this is part of the growing scholarship this around laura's work and it's clear that her daughter had a big hand in what she was doing and so we were able to talk about that and then in support of the series um even before that 
the two the two documentaries i produced many hours of dvd bonus content when dvd mm-hmm, during the time mm-hmm. it was still a big deal focusing on specifically on the series and we did little house conversations with cast members and we did special features on the casting of the show and we did a on the genius of michael landon and we did a package on it'd be called laura's long winters and um i did we did a package about looking back the last farewell with melissa gilbert um you know we did a bunch of different things and i loved that process of starting with a blank page on my computer screen and months later there's some visual oral experience that someone can click on and watch and the process of being there from the beginning of that from the first idea to the very end to the last audio mix and of graphics insertion of graphics into a piece of material was a very compelling thing to me i absolutely loved that and that's really at the center of my interest in producing is the total immersion in a process so how did you pull that in and relate that and pull it to writing a book what became your your central focus in in writing that book um because, you know, I picked up on real quick when we were doing our podcast uh, in Oklahoma that you were very much into the history behind the books. You know, you were, you were the knowledge on that at the table. Uh, so as you sat down to write about your experience and then you have so much knowledge with uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, her story behind the books, um, how'd you pull all that in together? What was that like? I realized that when I agreed or when I conceptualized the book, that it would need to be a couple of different things. It would need to be not only a look back at 50 years of Little House, which is time to the 2024 50th anniversary of Little House, but it also needed to be a look back at my life and my journey that put me there. And I wanted to and I don't do it extensively, but there is definitely material in the book that people will see that connects my family experience. And look, I'm not unique here. We all have family experience that connects, or if we are prepared to look for it, for a great many people in our country, there is a connection to America's pioneer past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I because of who my family is and what their commitment was to capturing that. I have extensive written family history that goes back into 1700s. Wow. And could connect relevant parts of that history to Almanzo's life. Really? Uh, and his life experience. Now, I'm not saying that we lived a parallel life. We didn't live a parallel life. But but my family was doing things in the American frontier at the same time during the years that Almanzo was growing up in upper state New York. And my family was in California already by the time Almanzo was growing growing up in upper state New York and then contemplating moving to the central part of the country in order to 
you know, do uh, do the next phase of his family's dreams of farming. So I, I'm able to share some of that, and I think uniquely, I'm able to share pictures of my family life that date back into the late 1800s, early 1900s, that show my family basically living the little house life. Okay, so you're doing that in the book then? Yes. How neat. Yes. I love that. Yes. So I, I, I like to say, you know, sort of come to the conclusion that, well, many actors could have played this part. And, but I was one of those actors who was extremely well suited to playing the part based on my life background and the youth that I had in California growing up family ran that when I was a little boy there was no electricity there was no hot running water um, we bathed in a clawfoot tub there were only coal oil lamps at night this was when um, you were growing up when I was growing up oh yeah. my so now this was not the way we lived all year round this was the way we lived in the summertime right and it, so that was a unique that was a unique part of my growing up experience. And then add to that, I had a grandfather who loved horses and we rode every day. And so, you know, I was probably in a saddle. don't remember the first time I was in a saddle, but I was, I would imagine that I was a, a tiny infant the first time I was held in a saddle and then beginning to ride on my own at three or four years old. And uh, with my grandfather's assistance, so that's a, yeah, that's another part of it. I you know I think that when coming into Little House, I was although I had never driven a carriage or a team, and I <laughs> talked about that experience extensively of my first day, first shot, the mistake I made in the carriage, but. The idea of being around horses and wagons and all of that was an entirely comfortable thing for me. There, there was no, there, there was no discomfort with large animals. There was no discomfort in the dirt and in tall grass and in the country. And it, I was completely at home there. And in the book, I talk about those, those life experiences that connected me to make me someone who was among the people that would be a good choice to play Almanza Wilder. And, it's almost uh, as if you were being prepared for the part. There you go. I, I, one, one could make that, one could make that inference. Uh, I have said for years, Kelly, that actors get the parts they're supposed to get. You may not get all of them, but you get some of them. And Little House, being involved in Little House was a part that I was supposed to get. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I just think it was, I was absolutely born and raised to it. Isn't that nice when you step into something that you know you were made to do? Well, I think it's the only, it's really only the only stuff that as an actor you really yeah, you have to find something in what you're being asked to do that you can connect with. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, you can't do the work and operate in a 
in a complete void of experience, unless, of course, the, the role is about being in a complete void of experience, and then you don't want to know anything about it, because then that helps you. But in the case of, you know, Almanzo, we learned about Almanzo as a little boy reading Farmer Boy, that that he was in love with horses, that he was raised to be a great horseman, that... Um, Almanzo's father raised beautiful Morgan horses in Upper State New York and beautifully trained them and sold them for a great deal of money and um, in what was in those times um, and treasured that experience and what we learned in Farmer Boys that Almanzo grew up as a nine-year-old boy idolizing his father and wanting to have that experience. Well, my father was not a horseman, but my grandfather was. So I could connect that sort of the idolizing of, of horses in my own life um, with my grandfather and that experience of being mentored and nurtured in, in that world to him, um, similar way that Almanzo did with his father. You know, so there, there are lots of things that connect me to the series um, that are very meaningful to me. Yeah. And hopefully, people who read it, read the story, will will feel that. Yeah, I can see where they would. That's really a unique perspective, Dean, that you're talking about there. Um, as far as also being able to appreciate the fact of recognizing it, that's also a gift. Gravel Road Markets LLC is so excited to be bringing the Little House on the Prairie 50th Anniversary Cast Reunion Fan Events across the United States in 2024. For the complete list of Little House Anniversary events, as well as ticket information, log on to GravelRoadMarket.com. That's GravelRoadMarket.com, and we hope to see you somewhere along the Gravel Road soon. Well, it... it I definitely have always felt gifted to have been a part of this. And I think as I've grown older, as I've gotten older, the gift becomes more apparent. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing it. You're just, you're doing it. And you certainly feel like you're, you know, it's for any actor to have the opportunity to work on something that's successful is a blessing. It's yeah. a huge blessing because it doesn't happen very often. Right. So, um, to, get that you know was an amazing thing but as the years have gone by you experience i've experienced as we all have the love and affection that comes at us from people not only in our country but all over the world who have loved this material not only in the form of our series but also through the laura ingles wilder books and for me personally and Melissa has this experience and to some extent Allison has this experience um, uh, you know Melissa I think Melissa definitely has this experience of becoming the personification for millions of people of a character that they love a book now it's not that people don't see different things than us when they read the book some people might see very different things but if people are familiar with the series, and many people are, there's a good chance that we become the personifications in some form of what they're reading in that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
that is an, a very powerful thing. That's an amazing gift to be given when you're 23 years old. And, you know, at the time, you just don't know how amazing that gift is. But growing older and you know, people keep finding these books, they keep reading the stories, they keep reading, the, they keep watching the series. It's been introduced to generation after generation. To have that association as part of that is just remarkable and a treasure for me and I think hopefully for all of us um, but I definitely feel that and I think more and more I, I, I know our cast our cast all feels that as well well I can see people's home libraries growing to not only include the full set of Little House I, you know I raised my daughters and they read the Little House on the Prairie books uh, but to you know include your book along with those on the shelf and Melissa Gilbert's couple and Wendy Lou Lee's and, you know, and, yeah. and getting that whole collection in there and, and Karen's. Um, and, and speaking of that, you know, Melissa Gilbert, uh, Laura Ingalls on the show and Karen Grassley, uh, Caroline Ingalls on the show. Um, they've, they've got their books out and you mentioned at the beginning, um, everybody has their own different perspective depending on how they were. And, um, I heard that, you know, you've mentioned your perspective on Harriet Olson on our Along the Gravel Road podcast. Yeah. So their books are very, there's, there have been some things that have been picked out of their books is this is sort of what they're about. So, Dean, when people take Prairie Man, what's, what do you want? If you could sum it up, what do you want them to get that your book is all about? Because I know that you're positive, you're reflective, and you're a deep thinker. What is the takeaway that you're wanting to communicate to them that El Manzo, Dean Butler, is is offering in Prairie Man? Well, I, I talk about many things in the book, but I, I think what people will come away with when they read uh, Prairie Man is that but they will come away from this reading this book knowing that know that I am a part of something that's much bigger than I am and I am enormously grateful to be included in something that is a timeless beautiful portrayal of the American experience and to be attached to that in any way but particularly through something like Little House is a very, very special legacy in my life. That, sound, I, that sounds wonderful. It, um, that, that's a, a gratitude perspective that sounds, sounds good. Sounds really good. Well, you know, I, Kelly, I have been, you know, I, I have been blessed to receive uh, or have bestowed upon me an enormous amount of affection by women who have loved loved the Laura Ingalls Wilder books and that that Laura and Almanzo story, and then a whole other sometimes you know definitely a crossover of people who love the books and then love the series, and then there's a whole other group of people who have never read the books but only watched the series who love what we did with with this show and because Melissa will become readers so identify with Laura and because 
viewers love Melissa so much and this character to be the to be the personification of the man that Laura falls in love with is just you can't imagine what's come at me over the last last 50 years how have you handled that or should I ask your wife but how have you handled that well, it's been it's been incredible. I mean, you know, in so many ways, the affection that we all get from this, in some ways, has everything to do with who we are and nothing to do with who we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as people, mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. we were there. We were in the we were in the stories. We were wearing the clothes. We were. We had these names, the characters, and because of that, I mean, we were cast because of who we were as human beings. No question about that. That's a deep part of that process. But um, it really, it, it's for everybody. It's about those characters. It's not about us. It's about, you know, it's what they saw and loved in us as the characters. And my feeling has always been, and I'm sure I have, uh, you know, I'm sure I have disappointed people from time to time through the years, but I have been very, very conscious. Um, and, And perhaps imperfectly, but I have, I mean, definitely imperfectly. But I have been very conscious about honoring that image, that perception, that 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 feeling that we evoked in people, and and wanting them to come away from an interaction with me, and hopefully our whole cast feels this way. I think they do largely. You want to come away from an interaction from us feeling like you've gotten some piece something from us that reinforces what they loved about what they watched mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's really important to me that's that's a that is a big big deal to me I, I, every time out uh look there are days when it goes better when it's better than others just because of all kinds of things but that's always my goal is i don't want to disappoint anybody and so I commit myself to making the experience as warm and positive and um, reinforcing of what they loved as I possibly can. That is a, that, that's a huge part of why I do this because what comes back to me in that exchange is beautiful. Right, yeah. You know? I see it in people's eyes. I see it in their body language. I see it in, you know, and, and fortunately, Kelly, I still look enough enough like the person that they, yeah, that is frozen in time on film. Yeah, you've aged well. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I still look enough like me so that when people come up to me, they're not wondering who this is. Right. Right. No, you look and like I, you look like Almanzo Wilder. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and and I work at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want when I go out, I want to present something that people can relate to. 
And some day, again, some days it's better than other days. Some days, you know, it just, it's, but when it's going well, I like people to come away feeling like they've had an experience with El Manzo. And, and that, that is, uh, that's the gift. And they get a gift and I get a gift from that exchange. And it's wonderful. And I hope to be able to continue doing this as, as long as I'm able to walk and talk. Uh, I, you know, as, as long as someone wants to see us, I, I want to be there to be part of that. Well, I, I love it. I think it's, you know, well, first off, like we'd said before, you never expected it to last, you know, 50 years that you're doing something that would outlast you, outlive you. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's, it's a good era in American history, the days when Little House on the Prairie was on primetime NBC. And I think it resonates in so many hearts. And um, I don't want to see the generation, if there ever comes one, where they don't know what that is. You know, I think it, it I'm so glad it's streaming on so many channels uh, out there because it, it's such, um, it's a classic, you know? I don't know that Dickens knew he was writing a classic when he sat down to write and, and things like that, but uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder definitely, as she penned her books, and then yeah. when y'all put it on the television screen, it, yeah. it took on a life of its own, and it's become an American classic. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think what's one of the beautiful, most beautiful things about this, because the books and the television series are different. They they are not the same. But what I love about it, and I think I said it in our podcast, Kelly, what I love about the books and the series together is they capture they capture a possible totality of the emotional, experiential life that these people had. The books are much more about the experiences, mm-hmm. specific experiences that Laura and her family had. What the series captures so beautifully is the emotional gravity of that life. Yep. Yep. It, it, you know, it, and it Michael hits at the was, core of human nature of so many things, too, you know? Yes. Michael was all about family and relationships and people communicating with each other and the, the love and affection in a family was, I think, absolutely essential to his attraction to this material when he read the original Blanche and Alice pilot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He thought... What it, I think Michael being the creative force that he was, he saw immediately a vehicle that he where in which he could tell the kinds of stories that he wanted to tell. Were they the stories that Laura Ingalls Wilder told? In some cases, in the case of the Laura and Almanzo story, that thread was pulled pretty well through the series. I mean, it, it, obviously Laura's early life, that you get that feeling and then when Almanzo comes into it, that thread continues to get pulled. And, you know, as the series went into its later years, it moved into these, well, it went through these happy golden years into the first four years. So there is tragedy and, and good things in that life. But that's the, that's the thread that really gets pulled through the series more than any other thread. Right. It's that thread. And yeah. so again, to be part of that, that is consistent in the books and or that there's some consistency from the books to the series uh you know that that that's an amazing 
that's an amazing thing to be a part of. A lot of people who were on our series, you know, there are no characters in the books that correspond to those characters in the series in some cases. But I'm one of those. I'm one of those where there is. Yeah. That that's a very cool thing. Very. So, uh, July 2024 is when your book will be available. Do you have any book release, book signings, anything like that planned, or can you pre-order the book anywhere? So the book is not available for pre-order yet. And as as at the time you're writing this, Kelly. I, you know, none of that has been discussed with me yet, okay. but I would hope, I'm hopeful that the book will be available for pre-order by Christmas time. Okay. Uh, I, I would love that. I would think certainly as we get into the first quarter of 2024, if it's not available for pre-order yet, like but through the, at the end of 2023, that it will be available for pre-order shortly into 2024. And I'm going to do everything I can uh, to to support that release. I will be everywhere I can. I can't tell you about any tour. I can't tell you about any of that, but I will be out there supporting this book. Gotcha. I want an autograph copy when it comes out. Okay. <laughs> Now, you, you will get an autograph copy. Thank you. Um, I know you've got a website out there, uh, uh, deanbutler.com, right? Right. And right. Uh, I saw where a person can sign up to follow your blog. Um, yes. I can't I remember. Updated, updated that we did this conversation today. So, oh, great. Uh, great. Okay. Um, yeah. Are you going to have, is, is it just to be able to follow the blog, or is there a newsletter too where people could kind of keep up with the book? Uh, release or any new developments along the way ahead of it. Is there anything on the website like that, or will it be in blog blog content? Follow the blog. It's mainly going to be blog content. Got it. All right. Well, enjoy the visit. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate yours as well. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Gravel Road Markets LLC is so excited to be bringing the Little House on the Prairie 50th Anniversary Cast Reunion Fan Events across the United States in 2024. For the complete list of Little House Anniversary events, as well as ticket information, log on to GravelRoadMarket.com. That's GravelRoadMarket.com, and we hope to see you somewhere along the gravel road soon. Well, just when it's getting good we run out of time. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and make plans to come see us at one of our upcoming events where you can meet some of your favorite actors of yesteryear. You can check out upcoming events at gravelroadmarket.com and I'm Kelly Hurd, your host. Hope to see you soon along the gravel road.